Hey, this is Cameron Cole, and I am the Director of Children, Youth, and Family at the Church of the Advent, and welcome to this third episode of our podcast microclass. This class is Gospel Moments. In episode three, we're going to talk about our children witnessing the fall, witnessing um, witnessing the pain and the suffering and the injustice in the world. And so we, um, you know, with the Gospel Moments uh, my, uh, gosh, podcast microclass, uh, what we're trying to do is prepare parents for six moments that we know every child is going to face and talking about how it is that we communicate the gospel in those type situations. So in this one, we're going to look at, you know, as kids get older, there's a loss of innocence. They start to see the effects of the fall. They start to see death and injustice. And and so that's a that can be a real impediment to faith and trusting God and believing in his goodness. And so uh, we're going to talk about, you know, how there is that loss of innocence, that witness of the fall at different phases. So, Tara, where do we uh, see it with elementary kids in particular? Yeah, so witnessing the fall starts as early as when kids open their eyes and mm. view the world, really. Um, in elementary school, kids will likely begin to experience um, seeing peers be unkind to other peers and um, sinful choices hurting other people and their observers of that. Um, it'll also probably be the one of the first times they experience death. Um, a pet might die, a family member might die, and um, that causes grief. And that's part of our fallen world that they're experiencing for the first time. How about, how about middle school? Yeah, I think in, in junior high, it's probably a very similar experience to what Tara just kind of put on the table. I think in junior high, what we see a lot is kids are either coming to us on the heels of a significant tragedy or sort of heading into a significant tragedy or, you know, a moment that elicits some kind of grief uh, in them in a very personal way. And for perhaps one of the first times for a lot of students, they now have the emotional infrastructure and the emotional vocabulary to really kind of try and process through the depth of the grief and uh, emotional distress they might feel. So whether it's the death of somebody very close to them, perhaps a grandparent, or, you know, maybe the divorce in their of their parents and having to mourn sort of the loss of the home that they uh, thought they had, um, there are a lot of things that are sort of coming home to roost in a way that's sort of starting to be for the first time in, in junior high, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely all the examples that Tucker gave. And um, two, seeing their friends make poor choices or different choices for the first time. Um, seeing sin enter friendships or enter their own lives in different ways. Seeing the sin of their parents, like Tara mentioned. Um, and I think, too, this can be an isolating experience because um, students might not have the toolkit to deal with a fallen world. Um mm-hmm. They, you know, they need comforting as they're witnessing um, these difficult things, and um, they need support. And so I think that witnessing of the fallen world and how hard that can be can can just be exas- exacerbated by, um, you know, being on their own or feeling like they're on their own to, to process it. I think in high school, you really start to witness the fall um, of your parents. You realize that your parents are um, surprisingly not perfect people, whether that be, you know, they lash out at you in a moment of frustration. You witness your parents arguing. You witness um, a poor decision made. I think that high school might be one of the first times you realize that the fall um, exists in your home and even in your own parents as well. 
Yeah, and you know, I think in this age of mass media and technology, kids get have more and more exposure to the fallen world uh, via what's seen in the media than than they did in previous generations. And so, you know, you think about the George Floyd uh, death, and you know, children saw a man suffocate uh, real time, and that you know, it's just it's atrocious. And uh, but that's you know, that's those kind of things are on the news every single day. And so, and I think that, um, I think that there's a real awakening to that when kids hit late adolescence. So Tucker, you know, what, um, what would you kind of, uh, what, what insight from the word do you have? Yeah. I think there are any number of places you can go in the Bible to look at the effects of the fall and, and what God has to say about them. And, but I think one of the places that stands out most to me is John chapter 11. Uh, this is a story of Jesus raising Lazarus. And so I'm going to jump around a little bit and just take a few little representative passages and then and try to talk about what this means for us and for our students. So here's chapter 11, 1 through 4. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Okay, so there are a few things that I really want to touch on here before we move on to the next part of this passage. And one of those things is the fact that Jesus knows that Lazarus is sick. Right, Jesus is God, and he, he knows what's about to happen, mm-hmm. but he expresses to us that he has heard Mary and Martha that, in fact, Lazarus, this person whom he loves, is sick. Now, Jesus is a pretty cool customer at this point. He says, this illness will not ultimately lead to death. Now, that's important for us to, I think, really latch on to before we move into the next piece of this passage. Jesus knows right now Death is not the end of the story for Lazarus. And Jesus is the only one in this story who has the power to make that claim. So it's important to note before we move into this next scene, again, that Jesus knows that this sickness will not lead ultimately to death. And yet, we can fast forward to verse 32 and following and read, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, this is after Lazarus has passed away, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not... He who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying. And so here we are, Jesus, the very Son of God, who just a few seconds ago knew in his being that this sickness would not ultimately lead to death. Here is Jesus firsthand witnessing the results of the fall. He's, he's experiencing this grief. John says he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. At one man's death, at Lazarus's death, and it's at this moment that I think it's it's Jesus's humanity is most prescient. When our students feel grief, when we feel grief, when we witness the fall and experience it in a real way in our lives, 
Uh, we are not the first people to experience that by any means. The Lord Jesus, who came to rescue us from this grief, uh, has himself experienced it in a real way. And so uh, the story doesn't end there, praise God. We move down to verse 43, still in John chapter 11, and we read from John. He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So I think a couple of things are important for us to take away from this. One, uh, grief is real, right? The grief that your children feel in elementary school, middle school, or high school is real. It's important to validate that feeling um, and that emotion, whether it's at the loss of a pet or the loss of a parent. Um, that grief is serious and real. It's a grief that Jesus himself validates. But I think perhaps more importantly, it's important to point from that grief toward the end of the story. We see a microcosm of that here. Jesus, again, knowing that this sickness will not ultimately lead to death, calls Lazarus out of the grave. He bestows new life where there once was death, health where there once was sickness, and that's the end of the story for all Christians, is that all things will be made new, um, and Jesus will wipe every tear from our eyes, cure every sickness, eyes that were blind will see again, legs that were lame will walk again. We see just a little piece of that here, but it's important in our grief, as we feel our feelings in a real way, to keep our eyes downstream, I think, toward what the Lord Jesus is doing, even now in this world, and will do finally at the end of the age, as he makes all things new. Mm, that's great talking. stuff, man. That's really good. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, I think that as we um, think about the different age, the different age groups and whatnot, I think that one of the one of the things that you said there, Tucker, that's so key is it is is you know we have in the Christian faith, like we have the tools to navigate. A painful world that's fallen like we we have a, a story we have a narrative that accommodates it and so and we also too like jesus is very honest about how difficult the trials and the tribulations of this life are uh, if you read through the new testament it is just constant preparation and comfort for how to persevere find hope find comfort in pain and suffering in a fallen world so Tara, um, how would you, how do you kind of start with an elementary age child? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Tucker made an excellent point in encouraging us as parents to never disregard their um, feelings about however they're witnessing the fallen mm-hmm. world. Um, whatever they're experiencing at that moment, that is all they know in their life. Sure, we as adults know that harder and more difficult things are coming down the road, but they don't have the life experience to understand that yet. So we meet them where they are and we comfort them and validate their, those feelings. But then just as Tucker said, we point them to where the real peace comes. And Mm -hmm. that is the truth found in scripture. So um, one of the things I talk with my own child a lot, who is young going into first grade. And I think that this would be very life giving for all parents is just to constantly say this fallen world is not our forever home. I mean, we want to prepare them that the world we live in is never going to be perfect. Um, It's a fallen world and our perfect 
world is um, in heaven, in eternity mm, with Jesus. Yeah. And so that gives them a little bit of um, understanding and comfort for when they see it. They're almost expecting it in a way. Mm. Um, and then secondly, one thing I think that is important for parents to do, even at a young age, is to share with their children, because we're in a fallen world with fallen people, we are all sinners. So parents themselves are imperfect and parents are sinners. And so how comforting for children to learn that they're living with imperfect people, imperfect parents. And the more that they know that, um, the less devastated they are, you know, in junior high or older to find out that their parents are not the perfect people that they expected them to be. So let's let's prep, prep them early. Yeah. yeah, and you only can really do that by, you know, being a repentant parent. He's constantly from the you know, very on saying, you know, for when you do wrong, when you lose your temper, absolutely, you know, saying you're apologizing to your child, mommy's a sinner, daddy's a sinner, I need the God, grace of God every day. And yeah, just kind of, you're, you're kind of putting it in their face that you're flawed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lisa Kay, how about you? Well, I like that they both pointed out um, validating your child. And I, I feel like I find myself saying to a lot of people of all ages, um, you know, you feel this way because things weren't meant to be this way. You mm, feel a longing for something better because we were made for Eden. We weren't made for this sinful fallen world. And that can really give us such a grateful heart for God who is making all things new and who, um, you know, is going to make the earth new and perfect and whole again. Um, and to just the encouragement that we're in an in-between time, and even though things are fallen and are broken, we have the encouragement that God is making things new around us. And we get glimpses of that, um, and we get to be encouraged by that, by seeing His Spirit work. Um, and that's something that we can pray for, um, and just use it as a way to encourage your child to pray for the things that break their heart, and pray for the things that are all around them, um, and just to draw near to um, the one who is making all things new. Yeah. Good stuff. I think from the senior high end of things, one thing I would say is to encourage high schoolers to remember that lament is very biblical. Grief mm, is very biblical. And I think especially where we are in the Bible Belt, people are really put together. People are shiny and happy, and it's not it's not the norm to be grieving, to be a mess. And so I think it's always a good idea to encourage a high schooler or a middle schooler or a child to lean into the grief to cry out with David in the Psalms, to open up lamentations, you know, an entire book in the Bible dedicated to just crying out to God and allowing him to be the one to carry you through any grief that you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I think, I mean, this echoes something I said earlier, but, and what's particularly what Tara said, but creating a narrative, like your child, a part of the reason that our world cannot handle grief and suffering and tragedy is because they just don't have a narrative. Like that's one of the, um, that's one of the marks of a a postmodern era is that there's the rejection of the idea that there's actually a grand narrative, a grand story that we all live under. There's no higher purpose. There's no God, there's no end to which this is all moving. And so that's why people freak out so much is because they don't have, they don't have a narrative and they don't have an end of the story being heaven. And so, you know, just I think talking to kids about creation, fall, redemption, glorification over and over again is very helpful that, you know, Mm. as Lucy said, we were created to live in a perfect place. You know, we were, we were meant to live in the garden of Eden and anything short of that is going to be, cause us great travail. 
And then, you know, with the fall, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you read through the Bible and you just see how it's, it's hard to read the Bible to a elementary age child because of how graphic and real the atrocities and the sin and the darkness are in the Bible. Try reading the Bible to a, you know, a 10 year old reading judges. I mean, there's some stuff. There's some stuff that happens. Not G rated. No, 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 no. And so, and so, um, so then you have fall and the redemption, you know, Christ has come into the world to redeem all these things and then glorification. Like ultimately we won't suffer when we're in heaven with the Lord as we're in Christ. So, so just that, you know, formation of narrative and continuing to validate it and help them understand it so that they, they can suffer. You know, it's good for, it's good to teach them to lament because we see that, you know, Jesus lamented and there's lament all throughout the Bible. And they can also have the hope knowing that, you know, there's a, there is a happy ending to the greater story mm. um, of human existence under the Lord Jesus. So mm-hmm. everything sad will come untrue. That's it. Yeah. There you go. That's great. Well, hey, good. That was this was a good episode talking about you know helping our kids find comfort when they as they witness the fall. So uh, we'll move on to our next episode. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.